if you got a phone, uh, bust out your phone. If you're going to take out uh, some paper to write some notes, take out some paper, bust out your Bible. Uh, if you're taking notes today, we're just calling it purpose, okay? All right, how many of you remember puzzles from when you were a kid, okay? How many of you did puzzles? Be honest. Hands up. You did puzzles, okay? No, bring them back up. Let me see. I got to see this, okay? Yeah, it tells me a lot about all of you, okay? All right? All right? Now, listen. To me, puzzles growing up stressed me out, okay? I'd look at a puzzle, and I'd be like, look at all these pieces. What am I going to do with all these pieces? Now, Legos on the other end, it was super cool because you get this, like, little book, and it, like, perfectly tells you what to do with every single piece. And I can follow instructions. But a puzzle is just a bunch of pieces, and I got to figure out where all these pieces go, okay? And I would look at the pieces, and I'd go, I don't know if this is a building piece. Is this a road piece? Is this a flower piece? I don't know what any of these pieces are, okay? Now, the reality is this, okay? With a puzzle, we know that the pieces are really important, but we also know what? That the box is really important. Now, if you lost one piece of the puzzle, I'm like, I'm out. I'm done, can't, can't deal with that. Like, you ever go to somebody's house and they get, like, a puzzle and it's all done, but there's, like, two pieces missing? And you're like, no, just throw it away. Let's just, let's burn this. I can't take it. This is not acceptable to me at all, you know. But it felt the same way. If you lose the box top, you're like, what are we going to do? Now, some of you are smart people. I'm not a smart person, okay? Some of you are smart people. You're like, you can still figure out the puzzle. I'm like, no, you can't. I'd rather die in a hole than figure out the puzzle without the box top, okay? Now, the question is this, okay? What's more important, the box or the pieces? How many are box people? Raise your hand, box people. No? Come on, Jenny. Now, there we go. There we go. Texas repping in the house today, okay? Listen, how many peace people? You're peace people. Pieces, pieces. Okay, all right, all right. I want to argue the point of the box today, okay? And I want to argue the point of the box from this perspective. If I don't have the box, I don't have a vision. I don't have a clear vision. The box is what gives me vision. The box gives me clarity. The box helps me to take the pieces and go, you have a purpose now. The piece, every piece of the puzzle has a purpose. But the box helps me to see what the big vision looks like for every single piece. Um, this week, me and Matt, uh, we were driving and uh, we were just talking and kind of in a deep conversation, and we were talking about a mutual friend of ours. And uh, this mutual friend of ours, it seems like this individual is doing all of the right things all the time. You ever know somebody like that? Like you go on their Facebook, their social media, you're around them, and you're just like, you're doing everything right, like all the time. Like you're just you're awesome, and I'm not, and you make me feel that way every day, you know what I mean? But this individual is, seems to be doing all the right things. Now, the reality is, though, is that this individual isn't gaining momentum, okay? And I'm not going to speak to who the individual is or what the momentum is, okay? 
but this individual is not gaining momentum. And me and Matt were talking about this. Why is this individual that seems to be doing everything right seem to just be staying in the exact same spot? Okay? And we talked about it. We said, is it a lack of effort? Is it a lack of desire? Is it bad choices that they're making? And we discussed that none of these things were the issue. But really what was the issue was this. It was God-inspired vision from heaven. Okay? And it's incredibly important to understand in the purpose, in us knowing our purpose in life, is understanding what vision God has for our life and the direction that he is taking us in our life. We have to understand that each and every one of us, y'all got a piece, right? Got a piece today, okay? That represents you. We're all pieces. We're pieces in God's puzzle, okay? So if I understand that I'm a piece, and I understand that I'm in God's puzzle, then I have to understand that my life has a purpose to fulfill in God's puzzle. Too often we see life from the perspective of, you know, it's the pastor that has purpose or the elders that have purpose or the leaders that have purpose. But the reality is that every single one of us has a designed purpose. Why am I on the earth at this time that God has chosen for me to be on the earth? There's a purpose. So we're going to look at that today. Um, if you got a Bible, go with me to Matthew, Matthew chapter 8. And uh, we're going to look at verse 8 today, okay? We'll have it on the screen uh, for you also. In Matthew 8, Jesus shares this incredible message called the Beatitudes, okay? And in the Beatitudes, Jesus is kind of taking everybody's religious system, their laundry list of things to do and not to do, He's taking all of their traditions, all of their ways, everything that they're accustomed to in life, and he's about to just flip it all around. He's about to share a message and change everybody's perspective on life. And in the Beatitudes, in verse 8, Jesus gives us this little nugget, and he says this, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. The message version reads it like this. You are blessed when you get your inside world. How many know we have an inside world, okay? There's an outside world that we project to everybody, that we want everybody to know that it's good and it's right and we're okay and we project it really well at our jobs and social media. But we also have an inside world. And a lot of times, for a lot of people, they can look really good on the outside, but that inside world can be really, really troubling. It can be a hot mess inside. It says, you are blessed when you get your inside world, your mind, your heart put right. Then you will see God in the outside world. Okay, so what is the writer telling us? He's saying, listen, until we get this soul junk, right, we're going to have a really hard time understanding our purpose in life. Because when we're really messed up inside of our soul, a lot of times we're pretty selfish. And we're pretty focused on our world. And we have a really hard time seeing anything outside of our home, our world, 
our life, our job, what's happening in me. So let's take a look at this verse today, okay? I want you to write this down, okay? I wrote this down. Three things, okay? Number one is this. I see God. Number two, understand my peace. Number three, number two, sorry. And then number three, live out my purpose. So I'll go over that again. First, I see God. Then God brings me understanding about me as a piece in God's puzzle. And then number three, I get to then live out my purpose. Okay? So let's break down this verse. Okay? First part is this. God blesses. Point number one, God blesses. We have to understand that God never withholds. God's not a withholder. Okay? And for a bunch of us that grew up in church, this kind of is like contrary to everything that we really probably believed growing up. Everything that I believed growing up was, if I do the right things, then God is pleased with me. And if God is pleased with me and he's happy with me, then I'll live a blessed and happy life. And then my whole life becomes and it revolves around pretty much just a checklist of life trying to fulfill daily tasks, okay? Uh, to me, growing up, reading the Bible wasn't a joy, okay? For me, growing up reading the Bible, it was a task. It was a duty. It was something that was pretty much just like, this is what we do, and this is what you're going to do, and it's important. You need to know the Word of God. Never understanding who Jesus was. Never understanding the why behind the what. It was just a job. So we got to understand something, okay? Since God never withholds, he always wants to give, okay? All right, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 through 10, it says this. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued in doing good. And I love how the message puts it that way, fatigued in doing good. There's a lot of times in life that we're doing really great things for God, but you get tired. You get worn out. You wake up one day and you're like, what am I doing with my life? Where's my life going? What direction am I headed in? I feel like I'm doing a lot of good things, but what's it leading up to? And then it goes on to say this. At the right time, you will reap a harvest of good crops if we don't give up or quit. So what is God telling us? He's telling us, I'm not a withholder. I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I'm one. If you will stay committed to me, if you'll stay faithful to my kingdom, if you'll keep pursuing me, then what? I'm a good God who gives. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says this. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who comes to him must believe that God exists and that he's a rewarder of those who sincerely seek him. So Hebrews is telling us, our God rewards. He's a giver. He's a giver of life. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, it says this, the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling small amounts, so now I will give you many more 
responsibility. So what are all these verses telling us? All these verses are telling us that our God gives. So when the verse starts out in verse 8, Matthew 5, verse 8, and says, God blesses, it's saying this, our God, the good Father who gives, is going to pour out blessing on you. Does that excite you? I mean, that excites me. I want God's blessing. I want God's favor. I want God's goodness upon my life. The verse then goes on to say this. Those whose hearts are pure. Okay, so now God starts off with a promise. And what is the promise? Blessing. Isn't that cool that our God always starts off with good things? Okay. He goes, hey, I want you to know right off the bat, right off the top, I want you to know something, that I'm here to bless you. I want you blessed. And we talk about this all the time. If I am not blessed, I can't be a blessing to anybody else. If my soul isn't blessed, I can't, re- I can't give joy and peace and love and goodness to other people. If I have nothing in my bank account, I can't give anything from my bank account. God wants me blessed. God wants you blessed. So what? So that we can transfer the kingdom of God to other people. This is how it works. So I start off, God says, first of all, here's the truth. I want to bless you. And then he goes on, he says this, those whose hearts are pure. So now he moves into the realm of motives, okay? Because God knows our hearts. A lot of people have a lot of good actions, but we don't know about their hearts. So God moves into the realm of motives. And he says this, I want to deal with what you're struggling with. And so today I want to share some stuff that I've struggled with lately, okay? I think sometimes we get, and I don't know if it's just me, we can get frustrated with the course or the track that we feel God has us on. I don't know if any of you feel that way ever about life, okay? But some days I do. That sometimes there's a course and a track and a direction that God has me on, and there's days that I don't understand why I'm on that course. And it probably has a lot to do with social media, if I'm just being honest with you, okay? It probably has a lot to do with peering into people's lives around the world. I mean, think about it. Think about 20 years ago. Think about 30 years ago. I mean, I couldn't see what was happening in Australia. But the first thing that happens in the morning, I wake up, and somehow, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just like, it's like my body does it without me even knowing it. Like this morning, I literally woke up, somehow grabbed my phone, and freaking hit Instagram, okay? And the first thing that happened this morning, what am I doing? I'm peering into Hillsong in Australia. I'm seeing around the world. We're all seeing around the world. We're all peering into other people's lives. And so sometimes we start looking at life and we go, man, my track looks different than their track. My course looks different than their course. And there's some days I don't like my course. There's some days I don't like my track. And some days I think their track and their course looks better than my track and course. And man, God, I sure would like that course or track. And then we ask God this great question. Why, God? Right? 
we start getting into this realm of, God, why, why did this happen? Or why hasn't that happened? Or why hasn't this been healed? Or how, why, God, hasn't this been restored? Or why, God, why don't I have this job? Or why don't I have that relationship? Or why don't I have that marriage? Or why don't I have this or that? We start asking God this why question. Um, I'm going to share a couple of stories this morning. When me and Jess first got married, and I've shared this a couple of times before, we had nothing. And I mean nothing. I had just graduated an internship that I made $50 a week, and after tax and tithe, it was $43.52 a week. Okay, I knew it to the penny because every single penny of that $42 meant a lot to me in my life at that time. Okay, So when me and Jess got married, you know, I'm young, she's young, I don't have anything, she doesn't have anything, and we go into ministry, we go, we move down to Pittsburgh, Mississippi, and we're on our own, and we're trying to make it on our own, and I'll never forget this one night, we're out at Applebee's, okay, and we're sitting at Applebee's, and Jess says, I got to go to the bathroom, and I was like, okay, and, and across from us was a newlywed family, like a, you know, they had just got married, and so we had just got married, and anytime that happens, you recognize other people, probably just got married, and they're sitting with their mom and dad, and the mom and dad slide this envelope across the table, and they open up this envelope, and, and they open up the card, and inside the card is this check, and, and, and the girl lifts, Oh, you know, holds up the check, and she mouths across the table. And, like, listen, I'm the nosiest person ever, okay? Do not leave anything out for me, okay? Like, do not leave your phone unlocked. I will, I, I will go into your phone. I'm so nosy, okay? And so I'm watching this whole scenario like it's a movie scene, you know, and I'm peering into their life across the way. And she mouths across the table to the mom and dad, and she says, $10,000? And I'm like, $10,000, you know? And they were like, yeah, we want you to use it for the down payment for your, for your home. And like, the down payment for your home? I mean, like, I'm engrossed into this, you know, into this moment, you know? And Jess comes back, and we eat, and we're on our way home. And she's like, she was like, what is wrong? I'm like, and so I, I you know, I explained to her the story. That's story number one. Now, recently, um, somebody that I know uh, personally um, had a death in their family and uh, recently got an inheritance, okay? Dealt with lots of people that I know that have had inheritance. And, um, and to be honest with you, in my family, in my world, when I think about things of that nature someday, I think of of one number, okay, and that one number is zero, <laughs> I mean, just like zero, okay, there is nobody leaving anything to me from my family, because nobody in my family has anything, to be honest with you, a lot of times in my family, in my circle of family, I am like head and shoulders far beyond anybody in my family. And I only, only say that by the grace of God and his goodness. God has blessed my family because we have trusted him and put him first and foremost. 
And God has been super faithful. So the truth is this, okay? The two stories are true, okay? One, we got the big check. Me and Jess have nothing. The other side is the inheritance. I look at the future, and I see we're not going to receive anything, okay? The truth is this. Did I want the $10,000 that was given to the girl? No. That wasn't the issue. The issue wasn't the money. The issue in my heart was this. It was the family. I really wanted the family. I really wanted the security of the family. I really wanted to, in that season of my life, to be able to look across the table and go, man, I got full confidence if, if I lose my job tomorrow that, that you'll help take care of my life because you're my family and you got it. But I didn't have that. The other truth of the other story, do I care about the other person's inheritance? Not at all. I want them blessed and I want them favored. Don't care about that. But what the truth is this, you ask the question to God, then why not me? Right? And I'm sharing these stories not for you to feel bad for me. I have a great life. God is good. God has blessed my life. What I'm sharing the stories is for you to help peer into your soul and to peer into your life and to peer into your course because all of us deal with this on some level where we start looking at the course of our own life and what is the big truth of this story? The big truth of this story is this. There are times in my life that I don't trust God's plan. Right? That's the real issue. When it all comes down to it, when I think about God, why don't I have a big inheritance coming someday? And he goes, well, you serve me. I own it all. It's all in my hands. And I'm your father. So why won't you trust me? Because the reality is we want to trust things that we can see and we can touch and we can feel and we can grab onto. And we don't want to trust in things that are unknown to us. But that's what God said is our relationship with him. He said our relationship with him is all about faith. The righteous will live by faith, not by what they see, not by what they know, not by what they can touch, but by faith. So when Jesus is talking, he says, those who are pure in heart, what is he talking about? He's talking about, I want to know the motives of your heart. Why do you get up every day? Why do you live your life? Why do you come to church? Why do you serve? Why do you give? What is the motive behind all of this? Is the motive purely just Jesus? And I love Jesus? Or is it tainted somehow? I, um, I spent some time uh, with the Lord the other day. Because I don't know about you, but for me, when the inside world is junked up, I can't stand life. When my inside world is messed up and my thoughts are messed up and my soul is messed up, I just don't enjoy anything about life. So what did I need to do? I just needed to spend some time with Jesus 
and do exactly what verse 8 said, you are blessed when you're inside world. Because I think we all have this perspective of if I just get more, I'll be blessed. If I just get more, I'll be happy. If I can just obtain that thing that I want so bad, that dream in my heart, once I obtain that, then I'll be okay. But that's not what the verse says. This verse says you'll be blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart pure. When you get those motives pure. And then what happens? The end of the verse says this, for they will see God. Another promise. God starts with the promise, God blesses, and then he ends with the promise. And what is the promise? You're going to see God. And when I see God, what happens? Okay? I see my purpose. I see why I'm at my job. I see why I live where I live. Um, I'll kind of end with this story. So I live in Morrow, Ohio. Anybody been to Morrow, Ohio uh, before? Okay. Um, there's a Chubby's Pizza there. Okay. All right. Um, there's, a, there's a Subway, and there's a Family Dollar, and a drive through beer place. Okay. That is what is in Morrow, Ohio. Okay. And um, if you don't know anything about me, I grew up in Chicago. I like big cities. I like lots of stuff. I like lots of action. So living in Morrow, Ohio, doesn't always bless my soul, okay, if I'm just being completely real and honest with you, okay? There's this big sign, I mean, huge sign that says Morrow, Ohio. And I'm like, who in the world would have ever spent that kind of money on that sign and for what, you know? So I live in Morrow, and um, there's been a lot of days, I'm just being completely real with you, a lot of days where I'm driving on this road called 22, okay, it's called 22 and 3, it's a two-lane road, there's more people on it than ever should have been on this road, and I'm stuck in traffic, and it's hot, and my car doesn't have air conditioning, and I'm sweating in my car, and I'm like, God, why do I live in Morrow, Ohio. And I don't know if anybody else can relate on any level. Now, my son Ben is playing baseball with uh, Shannon Christina's son, Braden, in Morrow, Ohio. And um, I remember I went to the first, uh, the first baseball practice I went to, and um, I saw this guy, and he was wearing these pair of Jordans. Now, anybody that wears Jordans, he got my attention, okay? I'm like, you're good in my book. You could be a murderer, but you wear Jordans, so we're, we're okay, all right? So I see this guy. He's wearing Jordans. I don't really say anything to him that day. A um, couple practices go by, and then we finally get to baseball pictures. And so we're at baseball pictures, and that's that kind of awkward, weird moment where all the kids are taking pictures, and then all the parents are left together, and everybody's kind of like, don't look at me. Just look at your phone. Don't make eye contact. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's trying to ignore everybody, you know, because nobody wants to talk to anybody, okay? So that day, I'm in a pretty good mood. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to talk to some people today. 
I'm going to be the joy of the Lord to some people today. I'm going to talk. So I started going around trying to talk to people, and I'm getting, like, the cold shoulder from everybody. I'm like, you are all so freaking mean, you know? I'm like, I'm trying to love you right now, and you won't let me love you. And so I'm walking around, and I come to that same guy with the Jordans, and I just start talking, not about anything special. I just start talking about life, and he says something about my shoes, and I said something about his shoes, and we started talking about, you know, our love affair with shoes, and, you know, and then we started talking about, you know, do you golf? Yeah, I golf, and, you know, who's your son, and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I meet this guy. And God opens up my eyes. Why I'm in Morrow, Ohio. Just got divorced a couple years ago. He's around my age. Doesn't know what he's doing in life. He's got a great job. He's got great money. He's got everything that we all would consider to be great in life. But he's just lost. And so he says to me, hey, why don't we go play golf? And so we go and we played golf a couple Saturday mornings ago and we're on the golf course and he's talking to me about his life and his marriage that failed and the divorce and the kids and he's talking about being lonely and he's talking about just all kinds of stuff that's going on in his life. And he makes this comment to me. He said, I think that you're in my life for a reason. See, sometimes we need to see God so that we can see beyond our world. If we don't see God, we don't see anything but us. We only see our world. We only see what's happening in my little neck of the woods. But God wants to open up our eyes and go, no, there's a reason why you're at where you're at. You're a piece in the puzzle. And if you'll see that you're a piece in the puzzle, you'll see your purpose in the puzzle. And then you can fulfill your purpose in the puzzle. And then somebody else can be blessed. It's incredibly important to understand our purpose in life. Why don't you stand with me? Worship team, come on up. I want to, I just want to pray into that today. I think a lot of us, if we, could, if we could just take our thoughts and, and who we are and we could just project it on this screen, we would all go, oh, no, God, please, no. Please, God, don't, don't put it up there. Please, God, don't let everybody else see that. I, I don't want everybody else to see what's going on in my heart, really. But the reality is a lot of us are frustrated. A lot of us are tired. A lot of us are weary. A lot of us, we're doing a lot of good things, but we're frustrated and tired and weary. And the enemy 
He attacks our thoughts daily, attacks our soul daily. He's sifting our joy and our peace and our life. And we just get lost in the mix. But God wants to restore vision. Because remember at the very beginning we started talking about the puzzle? Listen, if I don't see the vision, then what am I living for? What are we doing in life? But if I can see the vision, I understand that there's purpose. There's purpose. Listen, when I see God, I see my purpose in my marriage. When I see God, I see my purpose with my kids. When I see God, I see my purpose in your life. My purpose isn't just to stand on a stage and to preach messages. My purpose is to love you. My purpose is to walk with you in life. My purpose is to stand with you. And when you're not strong, then I'm strong. I see my purpose because I see God. But when I don't see God, my world gets real small. And my heart gets real small. And my vision gets real small. That's not what God wants for us. God wants us to have big vision. Because God likes fulfilling big vision. Okay? Listen, let's make this abundantly clear. Okay? God is not a God of small things. God is not a God of small things. Read the Bible. Okay? Read the Bible. God is a God of big things. Amen? I want you to do this. I want you to close your eyes. Throw your hands up if you feel comfortable. I'm going to pray over you today. And then we're going to sing that song again, okay? So much victory in that song. I just love that song. It just speaks of the victory that we have in Christ. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Mm. We thank you, God. bunch of you in here and I can just tell by the presence of the Lord that you look at your life and you just think it's just pieces. It's like a broken window. It's just shattered pieces, kind of scattered all over the place. And you think, how could God ever put this back together? How could anybody put this back together? I can't put this back together. isn't if God can. The issue is this, is that you won't let him. It's like you're holding on to it, holding on to the pieces so tightly. Because even though it's broken, it's all you feel that you got. So if you let go, then you feel like you got nothing. Some of you are tired, I can just tell, I can just see, I can just see in my mind. Just, it's like spiritually you're tired, just tired, just tired, tired. 
And the Lord's just saying, listen, if you'll just stay faithful, I'm going to lead you to good pastures. I'm going to lead you to rest. I'm going to lead you to a place of abundance. I'm going to lead you to a place of victory. I'm going to lead you to a place of life. If you'll just trust me, if you'll hold on to me. Come on. Father, we praise you. Jesus, we praise you. We turn our focus and our attention onto you and you alone. Father, we need to see you and your goodness and your life. We need to see that you are really for us. You're standing with us. You're standing in the moments that we don't understand in life. We thank you, God, that you are for us. We thank you that you never leave or forsake us. We thank you that you're closer than a brother. We thank you, God, that you are a God that heals, restores, brings dead things back to life. So we release the presence and the goodness and the favor of God upon your people today right now in Jesus' name. Father, as they let go of the pieces of their life, I pray that you would take those pieces and that you would start mending and healing and restoring what is broken back to life. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for those who are weary and they're tired. I pray, God, that you would be their strength that you would be their joy, that you would be their grace, that they would walk in a new grace and a new understanding of who you are. God, we praise you. Come on, let's just praise him. Come on, let's praise him. Let a song come out of your heart today. Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we praise you. faithful King. We honor you. We glorify you and you alone today. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah to you, Jesus. We magnify you and you alone. Hallelujah. 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 do this real quick. Anybody, you're struggling with purpose, throw your hand up. I got my hand up. Come on, throw up really high. Be proud. Be okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, so this is what I'm praying to your life. Moses saw a burning bush, right? And in the burning bush was God's presence and God revealed purpose to Moses, correct? All right? Now, a lot of times in life, we're looking for the burning bush, but the burning bush is right in front of us. It's right there. It's in our midst, we can see it. The problem is, is the enemy comes and blinds our eyes to it so we don't see it. So what I'm gonna pray into your life is that God will remove the blinders 
so that you can see what God sees. Now, I'm going to tell you, be ready. Because God will start unraveling things. It'll just start opening it up, and you'll start going, oh, my gosh, I didn't even see that before, and I didn't see that before, and I didn't see that before. And all of a sudden, God will start pouring out vision. And then there's your purpose. There's your purpose. <laughs> Matt, you got to see a new way, bro. God wants you to see in a new way. He wants you to see in a new light. He wants to reveal new things, teach you new things, show you. Come. Come on. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, I just release the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. We thank you that the Holy Spirit hears directly from the throne room of heaven. And so the Holy Spirit then brings us understanding and wisdom and direction. So, Father, I release the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. I ask in Jesus' name that you would remove the blinders that the enemy has put over their eyes right now in Jesus' name. Father, remove the scales. Remove the blindness. Spiritual blindness. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. And I release life from heaven. I release vision from heaven and release understanding from heaven. They understand their peace. They're a piece in your puzzle and they understand their purpose. Purpose. Greater purpose. Greater purpose. Greater things. Greater. 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 